Welcome to the InsureTech Canada podcast. I'm your host, John Harvey. We've got an interesting topic for you today. We're going to unpack the um, wonderful world of cyber insurance and how to protect yourself against the modern risk of, uh, of cyber attacks. I sat down today uh, in the interview with George Bojanin. George is the uh, managing partner and head of business development for Canada. He works for Coalition Inc. Coalition uh, is on a mission to solve cyber risk. They're a new MGA in Canada and they provide security tools and cyber insurance coverage to help businesses remain resilient in the face of pervasive and dynamic cyber and technology risks. Enjoy the interview. Right. George, it's great sitting down with you. You're on the beautiful uh, West Coast, the beautiful province of BC. So uh, thanks for joining me tonight, where I am this afternoon, where you are. Uh, what's it? What's it like over there in BC? Is it is it a sunny day? Is it a rainy day? You guys get a lot of rain. Well, true. or that's what you tell people from the East Coast. <laughs> yes, of course. And being from Toronto, I know all too well about what it's like out there. But uh, yeah. I can. Uh, I'm happy to report it's another sunny, hot day here in. The lower mainland, we've had unprecedented heat this summer. So, uh, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, sorry to tell you, but it's a nice sunny day here. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And it's and like I told you before we went on air, I've got relatives uh, out in BC, and I would spend since my 18th birthday at least two weeks a year out in BC visiting family members. We would always go around August, September timeframe. And every time I would get there, I would extend our stay a little bit longer. And I would always look at around at my family, my extended family, and say, guys, I don't, it hasn't rained. And, and like, I've been doing this for like 10, 15 years, and I still haven't been here like during one of your rainy seasons. And uh, I'm starting to wonder, like, is this a myth or like, or like, what is this? Like, yeah, we just don't want you guys coming out here. <laughs> this is, this is how we keep you guys at bay because otherwise the whole country would want to live there. So um, beautiful part of the country that you're in. And uh, thanks again for joining me tonight. So uh, George uh, Bojanin is the proper way to say your last name. And thank you for, for that for that lesson as well. Um, you're with Coalition. So we're going to talk about Coalition, about cyber. This is a really hot topic in the industry, especially in the last two years. Um, Cybersecurity, like, I don't know if you've, if you've noticed that or if it's just people like me are now taking notice. But is, is this like a buzz thing now? Like everyone's jumping on, like not the bandwagon, but people are finally awake and their eyes are open? Uh, or is, is it always been something that has been, um, you know, a threat, but it's just more pronounced now? What's your take on that? Well, I, I think it's a culmination of a lot of things, quite frankly. I think it's the proliferation and dependence on technologies. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, as a result of the pandemic, you know, almost overnight, um, entire workforces were were tasked with the responsibility of working remotely. So yeah. there's heightened vulnerabilities associated with that. I think the risk has always been there. Um, but in, here in Canada, it is still often viewed as an emerging risk. It, it doesn't have the maturity, if you will, of south of the border yeah. or other uh, areas of the world. But certainly, it's it's we believe it to be uh, one of the most pervasive risks society faces today. Right. Yeah. Um, no, no industry is immune. 
Um, I'm mm. often reminding our broker partners the fact that, you know, uh, and coming from the carrier side and, and, and broker side in the past, you know, a lot of the pushback is, uh, particularly from SME clients, you know, I don't need this coverage. It's a, it's a, a subjective or an elective, if you will. And, uh, you know, my IT guy says, I'm good. We're in the cloud or I'm not Target or MGM or Colonial Pipeline. They'll never hurt me. And and right. and, and the, the sad fact of the matter is, based on some research and data we have, we've had an increase of 57% over this time last year in terms of the number of incidences for SME clients. So uh, the, 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 the long and short of it is this, that SME clients are not immune to it. Um, they're understanding mm -hmm. there's a need. I'm trying to communicate to our broker partners the fact that it's um, equally important to protect one's digital assets as it is to protect their physical assets. And right. I think there's more and more of a, a, a sense of an awareness and a need to, to seek out and get a robust, robust standalone cyber policy as right. it is to make sure you're protecting your physical property. Very, very well said. And that, you know, that's a great intro. Um, and so before we dive into some of the, the business side of things, uh, you know, what we were, we were talking a little bit about, you know, being in BC and, and, and that type of thing. What's uh, just, just to get to know George a little more as a person, what do you, what kind of interesting things do you, do you do to keep yourself busy or, or have you picked up any new hobbies lately or anything that's uh, kind of uh, gives you good vibes? With, uh, yeah, well, great. A um, little bit about me. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been in this business uh, over 30 years. Um, mm -hmm. I started my career at Royal Sun Alliance in Toronto in okay. the risk specialty lines department as an underwriter of um, accounts that are risk management, uh, risk managed, sorry, large SIRs and the like. Um, I was afforded the opportunity to go on their management fast track program, um, which was two years in duration. And that opened me up uh, to opportunities to work within their finance investment, claims, personal lines, commercial lines, and the like. Um, and through the course of that two-year training program, I was asked if I wanted to oversee a team in Calgary. So I uprooted with my newlywed wife. We moved to Calgary. Um, it was meant to be an 18, 24 months to come and end up being four and a half years. Love those, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, ultimately, we decided to stay there. Uh, and then I was... Um, um, I, I received some unsolicited requests to go elsewhere. One of those was to, the opportunity to become the vice president commercial at AXA Pacific, mm -hmm. which entailed and, and involved me uprooting yet again and moving to the West Coast. Uh, and that was back in uh, 2003. And I've been here ever since. Um, subsequent to the uh, acquisition of AXA by Intact, I again received some unsolicited requests to go elsewhere. And that's when I joined uh Hub International as the chief marketing officer. So I spent the last five years as a uh, cool. uh, on the broker side prior to joining Coalition. In answer to your question, I've got a lot going on. Um, I mentioned uh, before we came onto the air that uh, I have three sons, a six-year-old and twin three-year-olds. So as you can imagine, uh, yeah. it's quite difficult to try to um, entertain and yet contain three <laughs> active boys in the midst of a global pandemic. So that's yeah. keeping me busy. Uh, I'm a sports enthusiast. I play a lot of sports or used to prior to the boys arriving, but uh, yeah. uh, I also own my own sports bar back in Toronto back in the day. So oh, cool. um, that was yeah. kind of fun. And uh, and part of the reason I, I, I like the idea of pivoting when I did following many years on the carrier and broker side to join an upstart uh, startup in SureTech, mm -hmm. it really taps into my entrepreneurial spirit, uh, which right. I haven't done in a while. So um, 
yeah, that's you know, those are the types of things keeping us busy apart from work. I love I love that background story, and uh, you know, you moved further west, and you know, Calgary could be a colder climate than Ontario on their worst day, but depending if there's a Chinook. Could yeah. be like July in the middle of December, right? Uh, right? But but now you're in the beautiful West. Has your golf game improved as a result of, of, of living where you live? <laughs> you would think living on a golf course, my game would be better. Um, yeah. But in full disclosure, I haven't picked up a golf club since my twins were born. So over three years. Okay. So okay. in the background, I can still hear guys teeing off on the 15th. Oh, man, points. just rub it in. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Right to my but, heart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I can honestly say my golf game has not improved. If anything, has gone south, literally. Well, you know what? Some words, some words of encouragement from a father of four. I've got two of each, and I just this past weekend um, or the week before Labor Day, I took the boys to the driving range for the first time. My youngest is five, and then my other boy is ten, and then I've got two older, two teenagers above that, um, and. They actually were half decent. And I thought it was something that they did just for me. It was my idea, of course, but I wanted to at least introduce them to the sport. And now they're on me daily, daddy, when are we gonna go golfing again? So I'm I'm super excited about it because now I have a reason to take off on a Saturday and I can bring at least half the kids with me. So there is hope, George. There is hope. Well, I, I am yeah. looking forward to the day because I, I have my own built-in foursome. So that's good to know. I'm also go. holding yeah. out hope that there'll be the uh, a future power forward hockey line. But uh, my wife's not too crazy about that idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got, you've got options, right? At least you've got yeah, options. Yeah, I got so options. So that's great. So talk a little bit about you. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned Coalition as, you know, a startup tech company. Uh, I believe they were established in 2017. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the foundational team was formed then. Uh, they officially launched in January 2018. Okay, so the they're based out of San Francisco, right? And and, and so you lead the uh, the Canadian business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I was so, hired back in January 2020, uh, and we officially launched here in Canada in May of 2020. Okay, perfect. So so uh, and uh, as far as the journey from starting in the U.S. and then you know, growing across the continent and coming into Canada. Um, did the coalition have Canadian clients before you came on board? When did Canada become a focus? And I don't want to just talk about Canada because we're, you yeah, know, yeah. we do focus on Canadian market, but, you know, this is also a global perspective. So I just want to hear a little bit more about how it started, you know, and maybe some of the traction that you guys have and, 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 and you know, where you guys are as far as your stage right now in Canada specifically. Sure. Um, well, to better answer the question, who is Coalition? I often share the story of our genesis as a company, right? And to better understand that, you'd have to look no further than our two founding uh, 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 members or uh, founders, if you will. Um, Coalition was founded by two tech innovators and serial entrepreneurs who are considered by many as cybersecurity experts. The first uh, individual uh, is a gentleman by the name of John Herring. He serves as a general partner or board member. He's effectively a silent partner within Coalition. Uh, John was previously the founder of a company called Lookout. Um, They're one of the largest mobile security networks in the US. So if you have an Android device, chances are you're familiar with Lookout since it's pre-installed in all their devices. Um, The other co-founder is a gentleman by the name of Joshua Mata. He serves as their CEO. 
and he's got quite a colorful background, not unlike uh, John Herring, uh, in the fact that at the age of 15, he began his career at Microsoft, where he served as their, uh, uh, sold his first software, becoming their youngest employee to date. He was often referred to within uh, Microsoft as the boy wonder. So Joshua and John are, are well-respected uh, well and known in the cybersecurity space. Joshua spent time within the uh, offensive cyber operations group within the CIA. He was recruited straight wow. out of high school. Um, so uh, both came to the realization in terms of asking the question, well, why start coalition? They looked at what was happening in society and, mm -hmm. and the troubling statistics that uh, we face. And we continue to hear and, and see them uh escalate to this day. And that is despite over $100 billion in annual global spending by mm -hmm. consumers and businesses on cybersecurity to defend themselves, the problem continues to escalate. Right? Mm -hmm. And I like to use analogies when I'm trying to uh, emphasize a point. In this case, I'll use a sports analogy. And that is you can put as many resources, both financial and human capital into defending your end of the ice or your end of the field. But if you don't know what plays the offense they're running, Right. you're eventually going to get scored upon. Mm -hmm. And one of the true differentiators and distinctive competitive advantages we have at Coalition is that not only are two co-founders well-versed on how to play offense as it relates to cyber, but over 75% of our claims and incident response team are former NSA, CIA, or FBI. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking about offense as it relates to cyber, you really mm -hmm. only effectively fall into one of two categories. Either you're a current or former intelligence agent, or you're right. a cyber criminal. So to have that level of understanding on how uh, adversaries think and, uh, and, and play offense, um, it's a huge advantage to us. The other concern they have is, you know, cyber attacks and tech failures are expected to trigger over a trillion dollars in recovery costs globally. And yeah. unfortunately, as many of us know, most of those are borne by the victims. Mm. So with that as a backdrop, when it comes to cyber risk, companies really have three options. They can either accept that risk, mm -hmm. they can try their best to mitigate the risk, yeah. or three, they can transfer the risk. Mm -hmm. And as we know as insurance professionals, the best way to manage risk is to transfer it through insurance. Okay? Right. So that's kind of what the backdrop is as to why they started the, the company. So with, from there, they, they, they set out to um, uh, start an NGA that specialized in cyber. They hired some well-respected um, cyber industry experts, most notably uh, Sean Ram, who's head of insurance. He was formerly Aon's global cyber and tech practice leader. We also hired a lady by the name of Catherine Lyle. She was formerly head of claims at Swiss Re. Hmm. So with that, they approached 25 markets, looking to gauge their level of interest in obtaining underwriting authority or pen. And... 24 of those 25 markets were willing to partner and provide us the pen. The other market went so far as to um, um, uh, offer us a, um, um, consideration to purchase the company. Wow. So we returned from that very that experience very humbled by the level of interest. But um, for the purposes of this audience here in Canada, when we launched, we're backed 100% uh, by Swiss Re. So for all risk yeah. domiciled in Canada. Um, and earlier this year, we announced, um, uh, we renewed our relationship with Swiss Re for another three years. So they're very happy with our relationship and what we've done to date. Um, but we've also added Arch to our slip. So we have very okay. strong um, financial uh, carriers behind us, which is typically uh, something brokers look for when they're, when they're dealing with MGAs. Right. And then that foundational team 
was put together and all that was uh, evolving throughout 2017. And as I mentioned, the company officially launched in January 2018 with 10 employees and an ambitious mission to solve cyber risk. If you wow. fast forward to the end of last year, our total GWP would rank us amongst the top 10 global cyber markets. Mm. And that's after only three short years. So a lot happening uh, since we went live here in Canada. I've been drinking from a, a fire hose. Uh, we've been going exponentially. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know uh, a lot to digest there, but certainly um, cyber is certainly a, a very topical issue right now. A lot more sure um, of our broker partners recognize that their clients are in need of uh, robust mm -hmm. standalone coverage. Yeah, uh, Many of them don't. Much of the business that we, uh, we've written to date in talking to our broker partners is um, new, new business to them. So it's really a great opportunity for cross-sell mm -hmm. and organic growth, but it's really existing PNC clients that had not purchased cyber in the past right. or may have had an ad hoc endorsement to a package policy sure. and they're looking for something more robust. So, so, so the, you know, kind of stay on like the evolution of the company here for a second, because you, you talked about in the intro about SME clients and, you know, back in the old, like when, when the coalition was first formed, I'm how, how much would you say the problem that they were seeking to solve and who they were solving it for has changed, if I'm putting that correctly? Because it, were you going more after larger institutional commercial uh, type of clients initially? And has that evolved now, especially in the last two years, where, where you're maybe going to smaller organizations um, and, and maybe help us unpack some of those. Uh, and this is a multi-part question, so we can go back. But like, what do you mean when you talk about SME clients? Like, what does that mean to the average layperson who's, who might be listening? Well, small, medium enterprises are, you know, are are our key target area, if you will. That's uh, when we set out. That's that was the our uh, our principal client base, if you will. We certainly okay. broadened our our underwriting and appetite, and we do um, write a lot of mid-market business. Um, but we certainly um, view SME as our main uh, area of focus. Um, uh, it's not to suggest we don't look at mid-market, we do. Um, but that the great majority of the business we write is SME. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Now, and I, as a small business owner myself, I actually, in preparation for the interview today, I went online and uh, I actually didn't, I always like to do this before I sit down with somebody, just learn a little bit about the company, navigate, almost like putting myself as an end user. And I'm able to do a free assessment by just typing in my email address and you guys use the domain uh, and you provide a, like a risk assessment, almost like a free risk assessment. Can you talk about it? Cause like as a small business owner, that was very easy uh, workflow for me to follow. How do you use that to uh, to reach clients and like what, tell the audience a little bit about that process? What, what, what you guys do there? Can you unpack that? Well, for I'll a bit? My yeah, I'll preface my comment by saying that we support the independent broker channel, like to transact business or or place um, okay. cyber insurance uh, with coalition. You have to go through an, a trusted insurance advisor. That's important. We have, yeah. we have you know over two hundred plus agencies appointed across the country. We're licensed in all provinces and territories, with the exception of Quebec. Um, but to your point, yeah, we do offer a, a valuable service as a proprietary scam we, uh, uh, we conduct. Um, uh, and it's, it's in the summation of our findings um, is, is put into what we call a risk assessment. 
Right. And and uh, the public can have access through what we call control to 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 pull up their own uh, unique assessments. Not a generic form. It's very robust, mm-hmm. very detailed, very insightful. Um, I can uh, add to that the fact that in speaking to a lot of our broker partners, they they look at that as one of the major contributing factors as to why they're seeing many of their existing or prospective clients purchasing cyber after successive renewal terms of broaching the subject. Mm-hmm. And that is they're proactively, after partnering with Coalition, providing them the, these risk assessments that broker partners can obtain when procuring a quote with Coalition, either online or uh, or manually. Okay. And they can engage their clients in a discussion based on the findings that we put forward. Um, right. And uh, it's all, um, I, I should also make mention, and I have to say it often, remind our broker partners of this. This is all publicly available information. None of it's, uh, it's non-invasive. Right. Um, these are all uh, public-facing assets. And essentially, we underwrite, and our unique approach to underwriting is that we look at risk at the same way an adversary will. Right. Or a hacker would. Yeah. So we're trying to identify vulnerabilities or and and share the our findings with uh, uh our broker partners or and or clients directly. Um in the hope that they we can improve their security prospect. Right? right. Well, and like I, as a business owner, after I did that assessment, I did it on two of my companies. Uh, I was I had a low score. I do have cyber insurance, by the way. But my call to action in that case would be, I would reach out to my broker and I would have a further discussion around like, you know, it looks like I'm at risk or I, I, I'm potentially, you know, vulnerable. Um, you know, where should we go from here, right? How well versed would you say is the average broker on having that conversation? At, at this well, I know point? one of the points you'd wanted to raise in this discussion was, what's you know, some of the challenges. And I look at it as being twofold here in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the one side, we we have the challenge of being a, a, a you know uh, an unknown entity venturing into uncharted territory coming into Canada in May, um, although we were well known in the, in the U.S. market in short order, you know we had to uh, tr- discuss and and engage with brokers across the country about why they needed another cyber market and what differentiates coalition, which I often speak to, and I could certainly, uh, if time permits, get into it today, but. Yeah. Um, so on the one side, you have to um, um, engage with the brokers to help them better understand why there's a need and how we our unique approach to underwriting. So as I mentioned, at Coalition, we underwrite like an adversary. And that's to say that we look at a company in the same way a hacker would, in the same way many of our team once did within the U.S. intelligence community. Mm-hmm. And although our initial focus was, and, to, to, and still, quite frankly, is to offer a cyber insurance product that provides comprehensive coverage for risk, posed by the digitization of everything. Um, but our long-term plan really is to, mock- to democratize access to technology and services needed to prevent loss in the first place and mitigate and recover from it when it occurs. So this is, you know, we're trying to, you know, this is not solely um, for the, the government and large multinational entities. We were wanting uh, to allow for many of these SME clients to have access to these tools and risk management services, which we afford irrespective of the premium they pay for us, right? right. So educating the brokers is key. I, par- mm-hmm. I, I draw a parallel to the early days at DNO. If they're not comfortable with the vernacular, the subject matter, the, the chances of them uh, um, um, you know, conveying that to the bro- uh, the need to purchase cyber insurance to their clients yeah. is that much more difficult, right? Absolutely. So. 
And I know firsthand from being on the broker side, in many cases, it was a perfunctory exercise. They'd say, oh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Client, do you want cyber with that? No? Okay. Cover my DN, my ENO, sorry, and move on. Yeah. Um, we're, we're having them engage with their clients, share the findings of our complementary and proprietary risk assessment, and understand the importance of protecting those assets. So that's one challenge. Yeah. Couple that with the fact that many of these um, clients or prospects of the broker partners that we uh, uh, transact business with are largely uneducated to the to the need. They 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 they. I'm not saying they're apathetic, but in many cases, they're, they're the pushback they would have is you know. Uh, they're, get, they're getting pressure, upward pressure on pricing on their PNC side of the house or mandatory coverages, whether it be their auto or home or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in the fact that they they don't see the correlation to what they're seeing in the uh, in the headlines, you know, right. Colonial Pipeline, Target. I mean, it's daily we're hearing them. Yeah. There, there's this false sense of security that it won't happen to me. And as I alluded to earlier on the uh, on the call, as far as the percentages, um, that's not true. Facts speak otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I like to remind uh, brokers that these adversaries are not looking for the most valuable targets. They're looking for the most vulnerable. Uh, so yeah. our job is to help educate the brokers and also provide them with the tools necessary and the top and the subject matter and 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 help to them convey that message to the, their clients, respective clients, yeah. so uh, they they understand the importance of of purchasing cyber. So beyond just the risk assessment side of it and then purchasing protection by transferring the risk, does coalition get into anything? Maybe this is one of your differentiating factors around uh, providing uh, advice around prevention, uh, around things that SMEs can do. um, And this might be through your channel partners or directly to the end user to protect themselves because I, most small to medium-sized enterprises are probably fairly uneducated around this or limited to the IT um, you know, uh, experience within their organization. And that in a lot of cases, that's a third party that's supporting you. So right. is, that, is that something that you guys provide as, in addition to just the, the assessment and the, the coverage? Yeah, I mean, when I talk about our unique approach, it's not solely on the basis of our proprietary scan. Um, I talk about our unparalleled value proposition. And what that entails is a number of things. Uh, First, to your point, we offer all our policyholders uh, a full suite of cybersecurity tools and risk management services, irrespective of the premium they pay. And it's a tremendous value that our broker partners can provide to their clients at no additional cost. So um, some of those um, um, apps and, and services that we afford include things like uh, credential monitoring service, ransomware prevention through our partnership with Malwarebytes, uh, DDoS mitigation. Um, we have partnership with uh, uh, Cloudflare, Hacker One response, security awareness training through our partnership with Curricula. So there's a whole host of, of these um, services that we afford each of our policyholders. Um, and then couple that with the risk assessment that we spoke to earlier, that's um, again afforded to our, our broker partners at no additional costs, and they're not even obligated to place the business with coalition. As you pointed out, the public can go on and, and obtain their own as well. Um, but you couple uh, those security apps and services with the fact that we are have our own in-house dedicated claims and incident response team. Uh, and, and that's an important element when we're talking about 
cyber, you know, when when we're, you know, it's arguably one of our greatest differentiator. We we uh, built a team of expert claims advocacy and support staff that form part of what we call our incident response team. And they proactively help clients before, during, and after a claim. Okay. So, um, and, you know, our in-house, our incident response team, they're all, you know, many of them are former U.S. intelligence agents. So uh, they bring that level of expertise to the table. And all of our entire security and uh, risk engineer team is available to, to engage in their clients, particularly uh, if they have critical vulnerabilities that are identified through their risk assessment and they want to get further information around how to remediate that issue uh, or discuss the findings contained within the risk assessment. We're, I, you know, I, for one, have facilitated many calls between the broker and their clients and our team um, to walk them through that process, and there's no cost involved. So again, it's, you know, not to um, uh, generalize to a great extent, but we're not here selling a policy in the hope and a bro and a client purchasing with the hope that they don't have to uh, 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 have a claim or have a, a claim paid. Right. It's far more robust than simply um, selling a policy. You know, we're talking about mitigation, uh, 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 risk management services, and the like. I think that's the, you know to repeat your earlier words. That's the real point of differentiation from. You know, if, if I'm someone who is fairly uneducated about what is cyber insurance and what is cybersecurity and why do I need it, I think that point, those last few sentences you just said around the, the assessment, the prevention, and then the, the, the support around the, the, the instant response or the claim service response, I think that, to me, at least from a, from a, from a, a end user standpoint, resonates would resonate with me. Um, and I think that's that's an important message that needs to get out there. So I'm, so I'm glad you covered that. Um, from a traction standpoint, where would you say the company is in their journey uh, coming into Canada? Um, you, you know, what are some of the some of the goals that you guys have and the ambitions that you have here in, in the Canadian market? Well, you know, coming into uncharted fertile territory, if you will, in Canada and having discussions with my counterparts south of the border in anticipation of our launch, um, we were hopeful that we would have some uh, early success. Uh, truth be told, we had no idea we were going to grow to the extent we have in such short order. Um, we're certainly uh, growing exponentially here as we are in the U.S. Um, much of that is attributed to our broker partners to truly understand and appreciate our unique approach to underwriting. Uh, as well as the, the, the services we afford their clients. Uh, but it's also um, a product of what's happening in the marketplace. Right now in Canada um, and, and around the world, frankly, you know, it's, we're in a seismic hardening of the market. There's yeah. a lot of significant increasing upward pressure on pricing, restrictive coverage. Many of our carriers are, are implementing uh, further restrictions to coverage, if not exiting the class entirely. So yeah. that's really also... Um, compounded our growth, if you will. Um, so things are going really well. Uh, it's trying to keep up to our promise and turnaround time and fulfilling our service level uh, agreements and internal turnaround times that we we uh, that our broker partners are accustomed to and we pride ourselves on. That's fantastic. And and you know I nobody none of us have a crystal ball, but I would say, you know, as far as the future is concerned, the future is likely bright. Um, and you can look at that from two 
different angles. There's a lot of talk after global pandemic that the next thing we need to watch for is a global cyber event. Um, and, you know, a lot of people who are just working from home on behalf of another company have experienced breaches uh, themselves. What do you see as far as, um, you know, trends that are out there to watch for? Any any predictions coming from you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we have a really um, robust uh, claims report that we offer up free uh, to not only our broker partners, um, and I would encourage uh, any of your listeners um to, to download a copy. But as far as evolving trends, uh, we see a number of things. First, we see cyber crime is increasing like never before. Yeah. Uh, business email crime, uh, business email compromise incidences led the way as far as the frequency of reported incidents. It's up over 51% over this time last year. Uh, ransomware is growing in severity. The average ransom demand made to policyholders in the first half of 21, uh, 2021, sorry, was 1.2 million, a far cry higher than just a, a year or two ago. Um, it was a nearly 170% increase from the average demand in the first half of 2020. Wow. So exponential growth in ransomware. And, and criminals are taking advantage of dislocations in how we work. So I mentioned that earlier about the, the almost overnight migration to working remotely since the start of the pandemic. Uh, has led to an increase in vulnerabilities associated with uh, cyber. Um, for example, you know, many um, um, use uh, Microsoft RDP, Remote Desktop Protocol. It's a great feature, allows you obviously to work remotely, but it's a significant red flag to us when we identified that through our scan and the fact that it's, it's an open invitation for adversaries to gain access to your domain. Um, so uh, that's a concern. Um, there's a rush to facilitate, uh, 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 related to that, there's a rush to facilitate remote work um, uh, that's come at a cost, right? So yeah. as I mentioned, RDP um, is a big concern. A left exposed to the internet, these access points become uh, favorite targets for, uh, for hackers. Um, as I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the, in the discussion, uh, smaller companies are increasingly being targeted uh, as I stated, that uh, our, uh, the frequency of incidences reported for organizations under 250 employees has increased 57% in the first half of this year relative to last year. Contrary to popular belief, yeah. Yeah, popular, yeah mm -hmm. exactly. It debunks some of these myths that it won't happen to me. We're too right. small. What would they care? I, I, again, to use the analogy, these adversaries are holding a hammer and they're yeah. looking for any nail that's popping up. They're agnostic when it comes to what the industry is. They really don't. Certainly, yeah. there's certain industry segments that are um, experiencing a higher incident of ransomware, sure. for example, whether it's healthcare or uh, certain critical infrastructure is obviously a concern. Yeah. Um, it's risen to the highest level of government. Um, just a week or so ago, our founder, Joshua Mata, was one of only 30, I believe, invites from President Biden to sit at the table for a cybersecurity summit, oh, wow. which we are very honored and proud of. Um, but it's come, it's gotten to that point. And to your yeah. to your earlier ish, uh, concern, and it's a viable one, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the potential for a pandemic cyber or a global cyber incident is yeah. real. It's concerning. Um, so those are just some of the evolving trends we've we've seen to date. Uh, there's no um, there's no expectation that they will diminish. Uh, certainly this year, like last year, they're they're continuing to escalate. 
What are like, uh, and uh, you know, we didn't talk about this before, uh, but you know, so feel free to pass. But <laughs> what are some of the things that small, like little things that small businesses uh, can do to protect themselves that they might not be doing as part of their daily practice? Like, are there little, you know, top three tips to kind of uh, decrease your vulnerability if you? Oh, absolutely, and we we offer you know. Um a cybersecurity checklist, if you will, that a lot of our broker partners okay. uh, uh, attach to their quotes. But things like, uh, first and foremost, increasing their email security. Uh, despite popular belief, email is not a secure form of communication. And yeah. every organization should use caution when sending uh, or verifying sensitive information. Uh, the use and implementation of multi-factor authentication. Mm. It, it, it increases your account security by requiring multiple forms of verification to prove, you, to prove your identity when signing into an app. Uh, maintain full data backups. Uh, full data backup can mean the difference between a complete loss and a complete recovery after a ransomware attack. Um, enable secure remote access. I referenced it earlier about the vulnerabilities associated with uh, remote desktop protocol, for example. Um, so remote work is, um, is obviously uh, quite popular in light of this pandemic. Um, so having um, secure remote access is, is very important. Yeah. Uh, update your software regularly. Use a robust password management uh, uh, guideline and protocol with you and your organization. You'd be surprised how many um, individuals, and it's human nature, continue to use their same password on multiple sites. Yeah. You know, and some of these are breached in, thir in third-party breaches, and this is in... Uh, is shown within our risk assessment, for example, in terms of um, exposed sensitive information. So if you, for example, had your um, your username and password exposed on third-party breach, like MGM Resorts, as an example, right. you know, it wouldn't be uh, um, out of the uh, the realm of possibility that you would use that same password on your, 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 sure. your work site. Yeah. And this isn't lost to uh, hackers. So they, you know, on the dark web, you can obtain a lot of this information and, and we share that, that, that information in our risk assessment, not to draw attention to individuals within your organization that may have had their username or password exposed on these third-party breaches, but more to the point about it, uh, the importance of a robust password management uh, guidelines within your right. organization. Those are some really good, easy to implement tips. Sorry, was there another point you were going to make there? Well, there are, there are other things, you know, scan for malicious software, encrypt your data, set up uh, security awareness training for your employees. It's amazing how, you know, much of this comes down to yeah. the end, right? That's the first line of defense. If you're, you're if clients, or if sorry, if our policyholders and their employees are well-versed on what to look for, it certainly just adds another layer of security. That's fantastic. Um, and for anybody who's listening, because like a lot of our audience are small startups, right? Um, so, you know, security breaches are obviously uh, possible and you know, they're not dealing with large infrastructure here, but uh, there's lots of IP potentially at risk, et cetera. So these, these, these are important things. So certainly follow uh, Coalition. We'll talk about that uh, before we wrap up at the end, where to find you. And if you guys have any newsletters or anything like that, you can mention those at the end. Um, as far as the stage of the company is concerned, so you started in the U.S. and Canada. Are there plans for 
uh, global expansion. And uh, I understand the company's still privately held. I think it's Series D. You guys have raised lots of money. Um, but, uh, you know, what, can you talk about future plans for Coalition? Sure. Just to touch on uh, where we're at, Coalition has raised over 300 million U.S. in venture cap private equity, and and we're backed by a number of highly prominent players such as uh, Ribbit Capital, VY Capital, uh, Valor Equity Partners, uh, uh, General Atlantic led the last round. Um, and um, as a sidebar, Forbes magazine ranked us amongst the fastest growing venture backed startups, most likely to reach a billion dollar valuation. Oh. Um, or unicorn status. Well, earlier this year, we announced our latest round of funding uh, uh, of uh, 175 million, which put our valuation at 1.75 billion. So we have unicorn status. Um, we're deploying that capital in a number of ways, uh, certainly increasing our um, our human resources. Our team has grown exponentially. Uh, and we, we are uh, broadening our geographic territory. We've hired in the UK. We're starting... Uh, to uh, work at uh, opening up that space. Um, we uh, we broaden our product offering. Uh, south of the border, we offer not only cyber and tech, you know, access and um, access lines. And here in Canada, we we started with cyber and tech, you know, uh, earlier this year, we announced the fact that we are able to afford our broker partners the ability to place access with us. So we're continuing to broaden the scope of coverage and offerings as well as our geographic footprint. That's that's amazing. And I, you know, I think I'm gonna get a bell now. And so anybody I interview with unicorn status, I'm just gonna like ring a unicorn bell or so, you know, we, we, need, we need something to go along because that doesn't happen every day. So that, that that's quite uh, to be featured by Forbes in that way. Uh, you're you're definitely one to watch. So uh, thanks again for, for coming on to give us a little bit of a glimpse into this whole world of cyber that we, we keep hearing about. I think there's a lot to unpack here that will require follow-up conversations. So I hope this is the first of many. Uh, for those who are looking to to find, you know, find out more about Coalition, what's the best way to go about doing that? Should they reach out to their broker? Should they go to Coalition directly? What's the best way to, to find you guys? Well, depending on the nature of the question, certainly if they're seeking to um, have uh, look for uh, cyber insurance, I would highly recommend they reach out to their a trusted insurance advisor if they have one, uh, a commercial broker that they deal with on their property, for example, um, broach the subject with them. If they're appointed with us, great. Um, they should be familiar with our product offering and how we transact business. If they're if they're not appointed with us uh, and, and the client would like to continue to place business through them, then have them uh, reach out to me. I'll give you the email address and, we, I, and I can move forward with an appointment. Um, if they're looking for just some general information, uh, you mentioned the risk assessments, some marketing materials, so on, uh, certainly you can go to our website, www.coalitioninc.com. Um, my email is gbojanin, that's G-B-O-Z-A-N-I-N at coalitioninc.ca. And if I may, uh, I, I'll leave you with uh, what we call our, our not-so-secret master plan. Okay. And that is... Um, uh, you know, in, in response to your question about, uh, you know, what do we want to be known for? Mm -hmm. um, Coalition sells a comprehensive insurance product to protect businesses from rapidly emerging cyber and tech risks. Then we use that money from that to invest in an all-out security platform with free tools, technology, and intelligence to protect all of our policyholders. Okay. Then we use that data from that 
to build better insurance products and even more effective tools, technology, and intelligence. So the more people that join the coalition, the better we are able to accomplish our mission, which is quite simply to solve cyber risks. So I wanted to leave you with that. Love it. Yeah, that's a very, very holistic answer. Uh, and, and, and I love that you opened the question for me. I always close with what do you want to be known for? So that's a that's a perfect closer. Thank you for that. And uh, I really look forward, like I said, to some follow-up conversations. Um, I have no doubt that you're going to have a lot of uh, inquiries coming out of, uh, out of this interview today. And uh, thanks again for sitting down with me today, George. And, and the kids managed to behave themselves the whole time. I didn't, I didn't hear anything, well, and there weren't any golf balls hitting the windows. So no, <laughs> like uh, you made it out on skates. Hey, but you'll be surprised. It's like the analogy about the duck with the you know the legs underneath the water. I mean, my wife's right. did a lot down the road, down the hall to keep things relatively uh, some semblance of normalcy here. But I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity. This was great. Uh, I look forward to further conversation. So thank you very Fantastic. much. Thank you, George. Likewise, go, go pour your wife a glass of wine and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Really appreciate it. I'm you gonna too. Turn, turn.